Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I'm your host, Blythe Burnley, and on this episode, we're talking with the CMO and CXO of Loadshare, Meshack Weber. He's been a pioneer in the freight tech marketing space for quite some time, and he's going to be breaking down where most companies get it wrong and who gets it right in their marketing. I really enjoyed this conversation with Meshack because he's one of the rare, brilliant minds in freight tech marketing, just freight marketing and marketing in general, and just listening to how he tackles a challenge from both an analytical and a psychological perspective is really fascinating to dive into. So I hope you guys enjoy this combo as much as I did. Rock star coming on. That's Meshack Weber. And we're going to go ahead and bring him on because uh, surprisingly, I, I love uh, unique names. So I, my first question that I wanted to ask you, Meshack, is have you always liked your first name? Oh, uh, I, I did as a kid. And then um, as uh, in, in, in my you know, tween years, I moved here, from, uh, moved back to the United States from London, and I had a weird accent and a weird name. Um, and I didn't like the name so much then, but, uh, uh, um, since then I, I, I enjoy having a unique name as you do. And, and, and like you, uh, whenever I meet somebody with a unique, unique name, I feel like we're all in like this special private club together. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, the struggles of growing up where, where somebody doesn't know how to pronounce your name and it's just like, a, yes. Or somebody looks confused at a piece of paper and oh. you know that they're about to talk about you. Oh yeah. First day of class, you know, terrifying all the way through high school. You're like, Oh no, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. Yep. All right, Mishak, let, let, let's dive into a little bit of your career because it's really a fascinating one. Uh, so uh, our first question is you have, there's 7.9 billion people in the world where many of them are planning on starting up their own business. And many mm -hmm. of them already have their own brand. If you're advising one of these companies, what are the first things you're doing to help them market their new business? Well, I mean, you can go all the way back to the start with why and, and, and uh, uh, make sure that they've done their work on the hedgehog concepts uh, or, or that kind of uh, dialing in to make sure that they, they really understand themselves first and what they're doing. But to skip forward, assuming that they, they have a, a, a great plan, uh, really, for me, uh, the first place to start is not internally, not describing what we do and what, you know, what we care about, um, and then trying to connect it to the end user, but really determine who that end user is. And, and, and social media is a great way to find out uh, um, what people are talking about and, and, and who they are. So defining what that subject is, what those, those keywords are, and then looking at, uh, um, you know, that audience and really trying to understand them really well, using cognitive empathy to really understand what is the mindset. And, and, and a lot of times if you have uh, somebody who understands like this, what the selling to that person looks like, you can uh, um, have the, the kind of a conversation where you look for these nudge points. And, and what I do is I blow up that moment where, where does somebody go from like, okay, um, I'm hearing what you're talking about to like that aha moment. And, mm. and that aha moment, that, that inflection point that happens when somebody is uh, uh, listening to your, your pitch, your story. And most people who have started a business have had enough of those conversations uh, um, that, you can, that you, can, you can talk about this and get some really critical information. And then turn that aha moment into a narrative uh, and then turn that narrative into something that you can put the audience inside of, so to speak. 
I love that. So you're listening first and then you're providing those, you're listening for those aha moments before you dive into a full business plan, before you really even understand your customers, which is a mistake that I have admittedly made in the past thinking that I knew all the answers, but uh, you let your customers give you the answers. Now, yeah. I don't have to tell you that. So you know that for, for sure, because you've had an extensive career in, in marketing over the last decade, especially in the freight tech space. Has your strategy or sort of thought process evolved in any way over that last 10 years? Oh, definitely. I, 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 I'd go crazy if it didn't. Uh, um, and that's my compulsion, uh, um, I guess. Uh, I mean, over the last uh, decade, um, uh, what the main thing is that I've just become increasingly evidence-based that uh, uh, when I first started working in marketing, I, I was much more on the technical side. I was building uh, websites, interactivity, DVDs for the likes of Target and Siemens and Intel and uh, Best Buy. And and I was a little bit less comfortable with uh, a lot of the marketing, uh, uh, quote unquote, parts of the business. And that was because it was so subjective. And I felt like a lot of people that were succeeding there was just a lot of um, ego involved and a lot of kind of manipulation. You know, one famous example, a friend of mine was working on, a, on an ad uh, for a, a soda company. Uh, and uh, um, the, the, the art director was just kind of standing there watching the whole thing. And then he re- leaned, up, leaned over to one of the, the, uh, the, the crew and was like, watch this. And they poured the soda over the ice. And he goes, oh, that was that was sexy. <laughs> and all of a sudden the whole room was like, you're right. Yeah. We love that. The client loved that. And I'm like, I, I just, I, I couldn't stand that. And and what I found over time is that, that, that really there's a whole science to, to how people think and act and make decisions. And I just, just immersed myself in that. And, and I've created a, a couple frameworks for building community based on evidence-based approaches and um, building uh, kind of influence. And the two critical things for me is understanding uh, kind of cognitive bias, these kind of little shortcuts in all of our minds, uh, uh, understanding the science of influence. um, And uh, I guess it was three things. And then really understanding kind of, uh, you know, how people like to be spoken to. And and there's science for all of that. Hmm. I love that. That that is such a. a I, I'm a big science geek, so being able to dive into the the mysteries in within our own brains of how we're being marketed to, without even realizing that we're being marketed to. I guess the only things that I can sort of think of off the top of my head is like product placement in movies and and how that mm-hmm. connects us and makes us want to buy that product later on. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just such an interesting aspect that that you speak of because you're also the host and the moderator of a show for Loacher called mm-hmm. Third Thursdays is how are you building those, you know, sort of cognitive strategies into your show planning and, and, and in the show itself? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the, the other thing that I would add to what I just said is that one thing that I just I'm super passionate about the, the transportation industry. I, I, I kind of came into it accidentally at first and I found uh, people that were just wonderful, salt of the earth, passionate people, people who who love to connect with each other. And so many people know each other within the industry. Uh, um, and, and they just, they care so much. It's wonderful. And so as I was thinking last year, what do we do uh, in the time of COVID? Uh, um, and, you know, how does the, the, you know, how do we experience uh, events? And, 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 and I found a, a platform that lined up to kind of those, those real world experiences about being able to have one-on-one experiences 
and being able to kind of almost have a variety show uh, uh, approach. Um, so we we gave people the opportunity to kind of connect and 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 have those moments where they get to not just share their insight or you know talk to the world about what they, they find important, but to also put in some one on one within that and. And, uh, and since then, uh, uh, we've, we've focused a lot on just this organic group. Instead of just blasting it out there and trying to get as many people on as possible, we focus on, you know, it's building this real authentic community. So anytime somebody pops in, they, they see a whole group of people that really care about each other and have really interesting ideas to share and, and want to uh, just enjoy the moment together. And, and, it's been a pleasure building that up. I, 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 I'm not sure if I answered your question, though. I, I should make sure that I did. No, I, I love that because it seems like that that is the root cause of, of starting the show is building that community. And, and yeah. for lack of a better phrase, not worried necessarily about the, you know, the, the, the quantity over quality, but you're really putting the quality into the effort of building the community because we all know, especially with, with your, you know, your show third Thursday that you guys put extra effort into it where it's not just a typical show. You have a couple comedians that are joining you every mm-hmm. single show and, and you're in there hosting and moderating. And then you have, guests within the industry and you're building the community and i'm sorry star wars actors and and actors from the (laughs) uh the the orville as well we spiced it up a little bit and and i just i'm glad you pointed out what you've done because i've just been it's been just such a treat watching your work over the past year uh uh, it's just and you building this uh this 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 community around you uh i've really enjoyed it oh thank you so much and and i i think you know, too, that, that sort of leads to the ultimate conversation that most companies have. I mean, obviously not, not the company you work for, but they always, they're, they're obsessed with ROI and driving mm. ROI. What do you think is the ROI of doing this show? If somebody were to come to you and, and ask you, is it the community aspect or is it something else? Oh, man. Um, and I can't quote uh, him uh, um, directly, but uh, it reminds me of Early on, one of the first times I ever saw um, Gary V uh, uh, talk a long time ago, back when I used to actually chat with him on on Twitter, uh, um, you know, he talked about a lot of people talk to me about ROI and about this and that and marketing, and he's like, "What is the you know the 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 value of uh, of of you know the relationship with your effing mom?" Is the way he put it, and and I think that's really important to remember that everything is is person to person. Everything else is an abstraction. We use all these abstractions. Um, they get us promoted. They, 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 they help other people within the industry understand that we know the parlance. But the reality is, is, is the human mind is just wired to relate interpersonally. And uh, uh, so, you know, for, for, for me, one, starting from a very authentic place and creating a platform where people can experience authentic moments um, creates real relationships. And that's what it's all about. You know, when I was a kid, I started working at Best Buy and I was like the number one salesperson at Best Buy and I actually had some of the lower kind of commission rates because I sold all the things that people wanted. And so people would come to me from any department and say, uh, Mishak, I've heard that you can help me, you know, buy the, you know, the best washing machine. And that wasn't even my, my department, but I'm a geek, so I kind of would pay attention to these things. And I would always say, buy that one. You can buy the cheaper one over there if you want to. I'll make more money off of that. Um, but, but this one's the better deal. And people's jaws would drop sometimes. And that's the way that I look at it. So when I work with a business like, like Loacher or for a business like Loacher, 
you know, I have to be really passionate about it. And I'm looking for an opportunity where I can bring that passion to other people and bring other passionate people together. And then we create a real, a real community and a community only works when you nurture it and it nurtures you in kind, just like any relationship. And for me, that's the, the fundamentals of what the third Thursday is, is it's just community first. And we should all be able to uh, benefit from that community as long as we're giving to it. And that's an authentic, uh, uh, I guess it's a transaction, but I see it as much more uh, um, important than that. So it's definitely, it, it, it sounds like your whole ethos is just built around community and trust. No matter what organization you're working for, th- those two skill sets translate into multiple, all, it should translate into all industries if we're being honest. But mm-hmm. uh, so that's the good part of, of what, you know, sort of marketing and, and good examples that you see out there in the world. Where do you think that some companies are falling short when it comes to their marketing, especially in, in the freight world? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think the first and foremost thing is using anecdotal logic. Uh, um, uh, Musk talks about first principles uh, logic and, and you know, the, the idea that a lot of times we have these conversations uh, about what the problem is or what the solution is. And we use uh, uh, the anecdotes from our life, what other people talk about. We reference everything else. And, and, and marketing is very much like this, where you're like, oh, that's good content. Uh, um, and that may be true. But usually it's good content because there's there's a strategy that's in there. And sometimes it just happens organically and, and, and luckily. A lot of people in marketing just have good instincts. Um, but what I think the most important thing is to really not just look at kind of like what your reach is um, and just look at the numbers, but think about, you know, what what is the solution that people are looking for? What do they really care about? Um, and then, you know, you can just speak directly to that. But if you want to turn it up to 11, what you do is you reframe it. And when you reframe something, you give somebody that aha moment, that, that surprise and delight is baked into re- good reframing where I've never thought about it put that way before. That's fun. Or like, I've never thought about it put that way before. You really understand it. So when you create experiences like that, it sticks with people. Um, and, and it shows that you've actually done a little bit more thinking about it before you've done the talking. And of course, mm. it's not just thinking, as you had said earlier, it's the listening. I, I love that. So it's so well put. So considering the success of the show that you've had so far, are you going to keep the format going as, as in its current form? Or are you planning on changing it up maybe in the future? What, what's, the, what's the future of the show for you guys? That's a good question. I mean, for now, what we've done, we've evolved it a little bit all the time. Uh, recently, we've, we've had like, we've, we've had two blocks where we have kind of an expert or two talking for a short period of time. Then everybody gets to go off one on one or kind of do these little games. And then we have a, a, a little bit of color, sometimes a, a, an actor or a, a musician, uh, kind of a variety show style. And um, that's, that's where we're manifested right now. Uh, for me, I'd like to bring that in real life. Uh, so at some event, uh, uh, bring that to the event. So bring our professional comedians, uh, that just kind of make everything just a little bit more engaging. Um, and, um, and, and, and like be able to like actually see people, uh, um, in person and have right. these conversations <laughs> and, and, and like do the same thing where we have people split off and kind of talk to each other. You don't really see that very often in the corporate world. In other spaces, it's done all the time in education, in self help, in kind of like workshops. Uh, that's done really successfully. Uh, um, 
but uh, in in the in the corporate world, we don't see that done very often, and I think that's a mistake. I think we take ourselves too seriously. I mean, uh, we're all just human beings, and 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 uh, we want to connect and we want to have a little bit of fun. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more because it, from that perspective, it, it's almost like you're bringing for for the the third Thursday shows that I've seen it. It feels like you're almost put into like an improv situation, and so being able to take that from a virtual standpoint to an in person standpoint, I feel like you would be a little bit more freer versus the virtual format. Mm-hmm. It, am I? Am I? I'm probably way off in that thinking, but I think that the the using that same format in a real world scenario, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to whenever you guys have that in, in, in real life to where we can actually participate. Um, so hopefully yeah. that is coming up soon, very soon. I, uh, I think so spot on. And, and, and also the, the, the fact that we can react to each other more effectively, that nonverbal stuff means that it flows more smoothly. Absolutely. Because it's always been something improv, especially has been something that terrifies me. But anytime I've been thrown into that situation, it's sort of a sink or swim. So it's one of those opportunities where you where you can really thrive or you can you can learn how to thrive very quickly. And what's the most important? Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask you, what's the most important part of improv? Uh, Thinking on your feet. Thinking on your toes with something or having fun, I guess, maybe is this the, the angle that you're looking for? I always think of, those are those are <laughs> splendid answers. I always think of yes and yes and and I think that's critical to everything hmm. that we do. Always yes and. I love that. That's I mean, and I'm going into like your final quote because you have so much really good knowledge to share with us. And and this was I was checking out your LinkedIn bio because it's one of the best bios that I've ever seen. But the Thank last you. line states, I believe that shame and pain are not discussed enough and that if we are taught the art and science of change, everything is possible. What are some key aspects of the art and science of change that you can leave us with? Hmm. Well, fundamentally, I believe that that a lot of the problems that we have are a failure to create change in ourselves or believe that other people can change uh, uh, and understanding how change happens. So uh, a key insight for me uh, is the work of B.J. Fogg. He manifests all of this, just tons of research. Uh, he's the one who taught kind of the quote unquote quote, Facebook class uh, that changed how Facebook uh, became much more behavioral oriented. Uh, and then, um, you know, other recent graduates started like Instagram, for instance, uh, based on his work. And he breaks uh, a behavior down to a behavior happens when the motivation, ability and a prompt all happen at once. And I think that that's something that we can not only use in marketing and in business, but on a personal level, like when we fail at something um, to really realize or when, you know, like. And personally, when you fail or in marketing, if, if something fails, just to look at that, what, you know, was it was the motivation there? That's an obvious one. You don't change motivation. Don't focus on motivation other than to identify it. If you're trying to change motivation. Good luck. I'll see you in 10 years and you'll be crying. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, like, so I, make sure that you un- have uncovered the motivation. You're speaking to it. Uh, but that's easy. But make it easy. The ability is making it easy. You can make something easy by just like making the button big and red or like putting, you know, uh, um, the food that you want to eat right in front of your eyeballs in the fridge. You can make it easy by training, you know, by by talking through something and making it easy to remember. Um, and, and these are the things that we can do for ourselves. And you can you can use that. Conversely, you don't eat junk food. Put it in the bottom shelf in the back. So you have to really find it. Um, and then the prompt, 
is make sure that there's a prompt there that, you know, the prompt to remind you to do something. You set a schedule, you put, you put a, a note somewhere where you're going to see it and futz with those abilities and prompts to, to tweak and, and to create change and create those, those new behaviors. And I think that those things, that insight, that, that, that BMAP insight is the most powerful one that I've had other than understanding what cognitive bias is and, and how we have all these little shortcuts in our brain that, that make us make about 95 to 97% of our decisions. Oh my gosh. I, that says so brilliantly put because especially when you said something along the lines of hiding the snacks from yourself, because I do that, I hide them from myself. And mm -hmm. so on the lucky occasion that I do stumble upon them, it's really, really exciting to find those <laughs> snacks again. So Mishag, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Where can people find more of your work? Um, well, I, I mean, you can go to, uh, uh, LinkedIn to, 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 to connect with me if you'd like to, it's just, uh, uh LinkedIn slash in slash me my first name. It's a, one of the great advantages of having a unique name, um, or, you know, <laughs> go to loadsure.net and, and see kind of what we're talking about right now with the loadsure team. Uh, I know it's insurance and I never thought I'd say this, but I found insurance to be an amazing thing and, and really fundamentally about taking care of other people. And uh, hopefully we're communicating that. Love it so much. Thank you so much, Meshach. And, and we'll be sure to link to your LinkedIn profile within the show notes. Everybody can go and follow your, your wise words of wisdom. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, everybody who's watching as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. As always, you can find each show I publish along with more insight over on my website at digitaldispatch.io. If you like this podcast, and I think you'll love another show I host, Cyberly, which covers the attention economy, B2B marketing, and how it all ties into the world of logistics. That show airs every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here live on Freight Waves TV. There are also some links to my social media accounts along with my products and services that might be of interest to you found in the show notes or again over on my digitaldispatch.io website. If you found this episode interesting and or entertaining, be sure to share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the best kind of marketing. And since podcast discoverability has and remains an issue in this medium, I trust that folks like yourself will share it with those who would also find it useful. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brumleven. I will see you real soon.